creativity, self-expression, and feelings. Creativity, self-expression, and feelings. Make some noise, make some noise, make some noise. No, it's a podcast. Okay, let's hear it. Hello, everyone. My name is Brittany Hammond, and I am the founder of Untamed Productions. I am a filmmaker, a producer, and a brand story strategist. I'm originally from Toronto, and I have been living in France for the past decade. Wow. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I would love to explore your story from, well, basically, I mean, we don't have to get into your childhood shit, but like, <laughs> um, you know, like, like how, so, so you're running a production company these days. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of come to be? And how did you end up in this industry? Yeah. I always say that we always, we kind of always intuitively know what it is we're meant to do, but then we take like a hundred steps the wrong way to get, to come back home. So, um, basically since I was born, I was like, I knew I wanted to be in film. Uh, I even studied it at school, but I, you know, it took me a long time to fully commit to this work. And it actually was in this summer of 2018 that I finally rebranded and was like, okay, Brittany, you've been doing a lot of film, um, working with actors, doing demo reels, doing short films, music videos, like you just need to like own it (laughs) and claim it. So that was kind of my trajectory in the past year, but I would say that I've just always been uh, really fascinated by people's stories. And I, I've always, I always watched movies growing up and part of it was a huge coping mechanism. Um, just from like the trauma, I kind of grew up watching the Disney channel and I would see how families would interact with each other. And I would think like, this is not a family dynamic I have at home, but these people on the screen. So I kind of idealized what I thought life and family and relationships should be like. So I had a rude awakening <laughs> as I like started to grow up and was like, mm. but um, yeah, it just always was that source of comfort for me to just, you know, provide inspiration to people to teach um, and to just really show them the way. And I don't know, I just like, I just love film. So <laughs> yeah. And were you a kid running around with a video camera? Um. So here's where I always felt kind of like a fraud because I remember I wrote my first full screenplay when I was eight and I still have it. Like this is like a hundred page pencil on lined paper. And I remember thinking this is back in the nineties, right? So we didn't have digital cameras. We didn't have access to these things, but I remember I would plan out the shots in my head and my friends and I would rehearse at recess, all of the scenes. It was a horror movie. And, um, I always felt this frustration in my life of like, okay, well, how do I get into this industry? How do I do this? And yes, I studied theater and film at school, but I didn't study the technical aspects because, you know, honestly, operating a camera, dealing with sound, I mean, these things are just not my zone of genius. And it wasn't actually until I started running my business that I essentially got paid to learn how to do these things. (laughs) which I think is kind of crazy because 
I just, you know, I started running workshops for actors and we would be filming little scenes. So I was like, and they didn't know this, but I was like learning how to use my camera, like invested all this money into it. And, um, yeah. (laughs) So what did your work history look like? So did you go, cause I didn't, I didn't, I did kind of film school. It was media arts, um, here in Australia. So I don't know. Yeah. If that's like a thing in other countries, but it was like, um, you know, I studied film, television, photography, sound production, et cetera, et cetera. It was like an all round kind of, um, media arts, but this was in the mid nineties. So it was not media arts in the sense that it was today. We did animation and it was pretty much take a photo, move the clay, take a photo, move the clay, you know, yeah. there, there was no digital camera stuff. There was no digital photography, really. We had like Photoshop, but it was no, not, not at yeah. all what I, it is I think today. I've always just been fascinated with, and this could have been like a limiting belief, I don't know, but I remember having cameras growing up and I actually almost went to school for photography. I applied for photography in the theater program and I didn't get in to the photography program, which I mean, whatever, because it's one of those things like I, I'm, I'm, I am the girl nowadays where I'm always capturing moments, like even, even food at the table, like people get mad at me for this all the time. Um, but I think that w- what I wanted to pursue was more, uh, because I am a performer, what it was the performance side because I didn't really ever care to, you know, be a technician and like learn those aspects. And I just, that's why I say, it's funny that you come back home to the things that like you always were meant to do. Now I'm at a Mm. stage where I still edit my stuff. And that's just because I think there's a real art to editing and it's not something I've ever been able to outsource because I know when I'm working with people and I'm doing like, you know, not to go too much into the business side, but when I'm working with people and producing like a signature brand story video, like I know how to capture their story. I know how to coach them on camera and I know how to break that down and share it visually. And I've never found someone that I can trust that I can outsource that to. So again, it was one of these things where like, I just kind of learned it myself, but I was editing. Like I remember in high school, I was in a photography class and I did learn these things, but I always just had this hang up about like, oh, I didn't study that university, so I'm not legit. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, yeah. I did, but I <laughs> never I never finished the actual degree. So I ended up with um I ended up being in like really shitty relationships at that time and uh was living out of home and was working three jobs to support myself and yeah, I just burnt myself out and ended up with glandular fever. So I actually never finished my degree. And so I feel like a fraud because, you know, like I spent I spent four years at uni and never had the piece of paper. But then I just tell myself, hey, I spent four years at uni, so learning that shit. So it was totally fine. But since then, I've spent the last 20 years working with audio and still learning stuff, you know? So it's not like you can just... I know, like the life experience is often way greater than what you can learn in a a classroom. You know, when you're on the job, that's when you're really learning what does and doesn't work through experimentation. And in fact, that's part of the reason that I wanted to get you on because 
when you had messaged me via Facebook, I mean, I just felt you were like such a bubbly personality. I had to get you on. Um, But there was also this, I also felt this uh, like almost affinity with you because I feel like you've had a sim, you have a similar approach to life and creativity and expression as I do, which is almost like an experimentation approach, you know, and just Mm. trying it out, giving it a go, seeing if this works. Does this feel right? Does this feel, you know, shit? And kind of just, would you say that's your approach to creativity? I think that, okay, so this is an interesting question because if anyone is, or if you're familiar with Tony Robbins, he always asks, what's the primary question you ask yourself? And for me, my biggest fear in life was turning 18 and being like, I have to now make money as an artist because there was no question of me doing anything else in my life. And, um, I ended up doing not just a master's degree, but a double master's degree. So I could just prolong my time at school and not have to go into like the real world. But, um, I actually had this kind of like defining moment because so the question you were going to ask me before was what was my work history before? I think that's what you were getting at. Yes, that's what I was getting at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have never had a job. I've always been self-employed other than like the odd waitressing job here and there. But I ran a business when I was 18, 19, and 20. And that's what really taught me the foundation of like how to run a business. And then I went to a Tony Robbins conference after and I was like, okay, well, apparently I'm really good in business. Uh, it turns out I'm just really good at connecting with people. Um, so now how do I make my art and make a living from this? So this is like, I'm 29 now. So this would have been five years ago. This has been my, my journey in the past five years. Yeah. My challenge has just always been like, how do I actually be compensated for my work and how do I charge my worth? And I actually just wrote a post about this yesterday, which I decided not to share because I chickened out. But I'll just share it now. <laughs> so it was at yourself. <laughs> it was literally a year ago, May, May 2018, when I was collaborating with a singer here in Paris, and I was too scared to ask her for like a proper rate to do two music videos. Like and she was a friend. And so I was like, okay, well, it'll be 600 euros for these two music videos. And I thought it'll be super simple, like just simple shots, nothing complicated. But of course, like once you have an idea, you just run with it and you pour your heart and soul into it. And it was long story short, it ended up being, it led me to a nervous breakdown. It led me to almost closing down my business. And I basically was bankrupting myself because I wasn't charging I wasn't charging enough money for the work that I was doing. So to put a little cherry on top of the story, now I'm charging like really healthy fees of like $2,000 and onwards for a three minute video. And holy crap, I can feel the difference. And I'm attracting people that value uh, because we live in this age where it's so easy to do video production. You can just use your iPhone. There's like apps to edit and people just, you know, don't understand what goes into it. And it's not even just the technical skills. It's like, this is my vision. This is my, my brains, my gifts. Like I've cultivated this for almost 30 years. Like this is why we charge these prices. So I kind of went on a side tangent there, but, (laughs) um, but it's right. Like it's, it's so true, right? Like it's, um, you know, I, I experienced the same thing in, uh, in the, in podcasting, 
Um, the barrier to entry is quite low these days, which means that anyone can do it, which is awesome because it means more voices out in this space. And it's equally as shit because it means more people who really don't know anything about audio creating podcasts that are unlistenable um, with great messages, but just really shit quality. And it's the same in the voiceover world. You know, any man with a with a microphone these days can do voiceover work, but I've been honing and crafting my craft for 42 years. You know, I've been finding my voice and using it and, you know, and learning and developing and growing it for all that time. So, yeah, it is, um, it's a tricky one that, like, actually, oh, I was going to say growing the balls, but that's not like the right terminology because <laughs> it's totally not appropriate. But you know what I mean? Like actually owning the value that that something that comes fairly naturally and easily and that you enjoy, uh, yeah. then turning a profit from that can feel, um, you know, a little, I don't know, well, it can feel different for lots of different people. Some people can feel like they're kind of prostituting their creativity, yeah. <laughs> uh, like they're selling out or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can have the self-esteem issues where they're not really sure if the, what they're creating is worth it. And, I mean, we all have fear that it's not good enough, you know, yeah. at one point yeah. or another. Yeah. I, what I wanted to say about that, so in the – I kind of mentioned this in the in the voice notes a little bit, but um, so I figured out how to monetize this gift but I, I never wanted to go out and be like audition and be an actor and like play like the waitress number three. Like I always felt like I, even though I've had huge self-worth issues, obviously I, I could just never do that. And so I remember when I first started this business, I was like, I'm going to make so much money in my business that I'm going to create my own projects, do my own thing. And I'm going to just enter the industry through the back door. And I just like made that decision. And here I am five years later and I'm like, oh, I stopped dancing. Oh, I stopped singing. Oh, I stopped doing the things that I actually like, what I consider is actually my zone of genius. Like these things, like it's, I call it a curse. Mm. It's like, yeah, I happen to be really good at these things, but that's not like my grand vision for the world. And so it's only now, and I would say this year, and again, probably because I'm charging proper prices now is I'm investing back into my music or I have more free time to uh, just work on other artistic pursuits. And um, and we were speaking back in January and I was like, okay, this is meant to fuel like my bigger vision. And there's a lot of people that kind of push this like lifestyle of, and I'm just gonna say like the coaching industry and like I don't know, all the glamorous things of entrepreneurship, which I think is absolute BS, but um, where was I going to go with this? Um, For me, like, I think that if I can find a way to create my own art and and finance that, then then I'm doing what I'm, what I'm meant to be doing. And um, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like um, you know, I wrote down three words, get a hobby, right? Like there's the, in that in that whole world where I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm in this in this space or what, but like, you know, scrolling, 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 you would think that entrepreneurship was like this dream easy thing that we can do. We just find our passion and then mm. we just 
uh, sitting there in a beach in Thailand sipping a cocktail and it's honestly not that easy, right? Yeah. Like it, it can be, but it's uh, it's generally not. So, you know, and I feel like I feel like there's this big push to get people out of their corporate jobs and, you know, they're, they're, well, I see it anyway, people in corporate world not really enjoying what they're doing and looking for their way out and it feels like they're scrolling through and there's an ad and boom, next thing they've quit their job and they're throwing everything into a business when if we could just like like actually put creativity and creative expression up the priority list instead of having it be the thing that we do, you know, like never because it's at the bottom of the list, yeah. um, then we wouldn't be so miserable in the other aspects of our life because we, we'd be connected to our, you know, creativity and we'd be connected to our joy. And and um, and I feel like that's really important instead of like throwing everything away because what what I find happens and I've been in this industry for many years now and I see it happen all the time people reach the pinnacle of what they thought think they want and they're still miserable and they just want to burn down their business and start over with something else because they're feeling you know like yeah. bored so yeah. Because it becomes like this destination, you know, once I'm famous or whatever, then I'll be happy and you get there and you're like, mm, well, that wasn't quite what I expected. I'm still miserable. Where if we cultivate this relationship of connection to ourselves and connection to what's important to us and connection to our creativity, then we don't necessarily find ourselves um, or we're less likely to find ourselves getting to that point where it's, you know, we're burnt out and we're miserable and we're fucking hating on the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, well, it's, it's funny that you say that because I was having this like little breakdown. This is actually two weeks ago from the full moon. I have this like <laughs> woo-woo spiritual side. Totally, I'm totally woo-woo. I just <laughs> so did all my, it's new moon. I just did all the planting of the, you know, like all of our, um, Desire. Yeah, all of our planting. So, yes, I am a moon freak myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, the full moon happened, and um, I was just like, why am I so? I just, it's so, so what you just said is like, I spent um, all of 2018 being like, I want to be a renowned, like, sought after filmmaker and I want to travel the world. And I set this declaration. This was like a year ago. And like, that's what I did. I went to California. I went to London. I went to Canada and I was filming. And I just finished uh, right before this full moon. So I think that's why I was emotional. Four projects. And I was like, why am I still not happy? Why am I, why have I, how is it possible that now I've cultivated this life and I'm still like effing not fulfilled? <laughs> so I was like having this like breakdown over this full moon. Then I got sick. I lost my voice for three days and I came out of it and I realized, I should say I remembered, not realized, I remembered what my vision and what my purpose was and why I enjoyed film in the first place. So I kind of just made this declaration that I am I am so out of the business coaching world. Like it's it's not my industry. I hate teaching people business, but people always come to me for business advice because they perceive me that way and I'm like I just can't I just can't. 
I can't even read another post online without like wanting to vomit. (laughs) There must have been something going on because I was the same. I wrote a post on Instagram just like I don't don't even want it like a little bit different, but I was just kind of like I am so sick of just – scrolling my feed and seeing the same post after the same post yeah. with like it's like you can do it you you know all that kind of shit and um and I was actually sick of seeing myself yeah. you know like just sick of sick of like what am I here you know it's it's such a paradox or such a um I don't know contradiction or whatever that I have a show called make some noise and all I want to do is hide away in a cupboard and you know what I mean like and not and not be adding to the noise out there you know what I want to be doing is cultivating like connection to your own voice not like the voices of 10 million people who are also just trying to be seen um yeah, it feels like a it feels like a um a space that has a little bit of friction for me at the moment, uh, and it was definitely like at that full moon I was just like, oh fuck off, Carly, like just go and you know like yeah, <laughs> and it's become actually a motivation for me to you know ch- well actually check my motivation like why am I showing up here and why am I sharing because if it's to be seen if it's to be validated externally then it's not a good enough reason just to be, if it's to be like hey look at me look at me I'm still here I've still got things to offer you can buy shit from me then it's like no not interested in in making the noise you yeah. know where if it's if it's something that I feel um just really called to share, then I'll share it, but not for the sake of just being seen, you know? Yeah. Well, and something I want to touch on is because when you first made an announcement about looking for guests, you specifically said that you didn't want people who were going to just promote their business. And I, I have a podcast as well. And I, so what I found, and this is kind of like this is kind of like a, a, a rant, but it was what got me at, that made me step out of this industry. So me as a, as a natural storyteller, like I know how to connect with people and I know how to get people to connect with their audience. But what, what we see in the online space is people sharing these sugar-coated stories. And mm-hmm. it's such a disservice, not just to the audience, but to them because they're not sharing the actual truth of their story. And they think that they're like making an impact, but it's like these types of like, you can do it posts, like they're just, they just don't work. Like they're just, they're ineffective. They don't meet their audience where they are and everyone's doing it. And it just, I think there's a, yeah. so what would happen is on my podcast, it's called brand interrupted. And I would get people that would come on and like, want to share this like success story. And I'm like, people want to hear like the truth. Yeah. The truth, <laughs> like the nitty gritty stuff of like, you know, what, what was your breakdown moment? Like, how did you get out of that? And for me, that's the same, like whether it's film, podcast, whatever, whatever the vehicle is, like the message is the same, like that is how you teach people. And so I just can't handle another like zero to six figures in like 90 days. And it's like, at the same time, I've been there, I've had a five figure months and I've been like, Oh my God, and like wanted to share from the rooftops but not from a space of like hire me because I've done this. It's like, Oh my God, I created this. So I'm going to share in that moment. So maybe that's an intention thing. Maybe that's a judgment thing, but I just think that, um, when you don't have that intention of like 
promoting your business, you can speak so much more truthfully. That's what, that's what yeah. I'm starting to get it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, um, you know, this is something that, that I've played with a lot, the idea of like truthful expression, you know, because there is so much bullshit out there at the moment. And I mean, I watched a video of a chick who went to Coachella. Well, she didn't actually go to Coachella. She was just at home um, and she dressed up in, in like costumes and then went to places and had photos taken and then had her friend Photoshop her into back like scenery, like wow. pictures from Coachella. So she wasn't even there. And it was basically a test to see, you know, like if people would pick up that she wasn't really there and oh. nobody did. Wow. And then she came out and said, Hey, that was just me testing. I wasn't at Coachella, um, and got a bit of flack for it, but you know, so wow. so we have no idea what is real and what is not in the world. And so, yeah, like I totally, totally relate to, you know, to that. I mean, you just, I just can't connect to that. I mm-hmm. am the guru sitting on the mountain and here you are, you know, you poor, you poor person, you want to be where I am here, take my hand and I'll show you the way. Yeah, you know, it's like, bleh. Um, I just find it so incredibly gross. And I hope that eventually that that model is going to die, the pushing on the pain stuff, the, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. I really hope that's going to die off soon, um, very yeah. soon, a quick, like just light it all up and burn that shit down. Um, but, yeah, the, the truthful expression piece is, is interesting because there isn't a lot of it out there. And yet so many people, like, I feel like everyone's talking about it, but like we talk about it, but then no one's really, it's almost like, even if you look at like the rules in Hollywood, like there's, there's the rules and the codes of what it means to run an online business and how you're meant to show up, the types of posts you're meant to craft, which in some cases they, it, it is efficient, right? But it's kind of like what you were saying before is that because the internet is like a democracy of everything, you kind of lose that that quality because anyone can do anything and say anything and you don't have kind of like a gatekeeper, which, you know, it has, it has its pros and cons. Um, I think that I was born into this era for a reason. I I definitely had the thought of like, Oh, if I was just born, like in the fifties, I could have been the first female director. Like now, like now they're everywhere. (laughs) So like, I definitely like, I think there's pros and cons, but, um, one of the big things that I shifted in my work, and this goes back to like identity and self-expression is taking radical self-responsibility for ourselves and um, teaching people how to essentially come back home to themselves and take responsibility for their life, follow their intuition, know what's right for them. Because I think we've cultivated this culture of like giving our power away yet. We're like, take your power back, but it's like hire this person. And it's like, yeah, yeah. To take your power back. (laughs) I think that mentor, like I have mentors. I think it's so important, but, um, the mentors I worked with, that's what they taught me is they taught me how to know what's right for me. Um, how to listen back to my intuition, like how to tap back into my creativity because, Um, I was, because I had this whole, I always call it like multiple brand personality disorder, like, because I had no sense of self, I just would ask everyone for their opinions. I 
I never, I could never make a decision by myself. I was listening to everyone else. And that was a big thing with the, the, the full moon two weeks ago is I was just like, I, this is what I need to be teaching people because this, like, you know, when you say like, what's the one message you want to share to the world? Like we need to take responsibility for our own lives. Like the government's not going to help us. The coach is not going to help us. Like we have to take control of our lives. Um, so it's just like, that was my epiphany <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and it's totally right. Like I think about um, on my other podcast, I've recorded an episode called Board of Directors, which is me talking about like the, you know, cause I, I used to be a lone wolf and do it all alone and, you know, um, no coach or mentor or anyone, just me. Um, and these days I have what I call my board of directors and they're trusted friends and uh, mentors and guides who help me connect back to my truth, not like, you know, not outsourcing, not tell me what to do and I'll do it, just actually, okay, so what's important to me, um, you know, and and just reminding me of my own power, not, um, yeah, and so, so and, and I think that's quite normal, right? Like this is the key with the, the expression piece too. Often we just have, like we live inside these crazy minds of ours, swimming around in our own shit and our own stories and our own bullshit, and, and it takes expression. Like this is why I'm so passionate about expression. Sometimes we need to express an idea or we need to express what's going on for us in order to find some clarity, in order to have something reflected back to us. Yeah. Because it's like, um, you know, if you think about uh, like uh, one of the one of the things that I used to always do when I was younger was like if I was feeling really confused about something or about something someone had said or, you know, like uh, I, I needed to get something off my chest because I was just swimming around in this shit spiral of me making it mean yeah. all these things, then I would sit down and write the person a letter. And, I mean, I would never send the letter. It would just go in the bin. But mm. usually you find that by the end of the letter – you're feeling much better because you've expressed it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Expression is so important for us to uh, connect back to ourselves and whether that looks like sitting down and painting to connect to ourselves or, you know, showing up on a podcast like I do to, you know, find my own voice and to um, find my own yeah. answers uh, or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that connects us back, creating, yeah. um, you know, writing, um, yeah, so it definitely, you know, expression is super important to, to finding that clarity within ourselves. I love that you talk about a board of directors because this is something I, um, shifted this year as I now have a like online friends, but it's actually funny because all of my closest online friends, like I actually got to meet them in person this year. Like, I don't know, it's miraculous. But um, I have one girl who's a singer songwriter and we meet um, bi-weekly just to mastermind on like creative, like artistic stuff. And then I have one like more businessy friend that we meet like once a week. So I'm just like, instead of like, you know, heaving out all this money to all you, cause that was what I was doing last year. And my profit margin was so low. And now I'm like, I'm just going to use my internal network of people to get that support. And I am a verbal processor. 
So half the time, like, you know, and they're friends, right? So they love you. They care about you. Like they'll listen to you. Even this morning, I spent 15 minutes of voice notes to a friend just articulating. I call them like my, you know, like morning pages, but it's like yeah. morning voice notes. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, totally. we, we do it every morning and we just like brain dump on each other, but we, we hold space for each other and you get that clarity. And I mean, I'm not saying for everyone to do this, but I found that more effective than like the pressure of like paying huge amounts of money, having a coach, having to jam pack everything into that 45 minute session. And then just being like, what's the ROI on this? And so I think it's really nice when you can cultivate those people around you that can really support you. Um, Yeah. And I feel like it also, it also, um, you know, a big piece of that is, is coming back to like, what is motivating for you, right? Because I have some friends who are motivated when they're under pressure financially, You know, so investing huge amounts of sums of money in coaches or mentors or whatever makes them get a fire under their butt and act. And for me, oh, my God, I feel like that is like way too much pressure. Mm. That is when shit starts to go wrong for me because I start freaking out about where the money's going to come from. And then it's like I turn into this energetic desperado that nobody wants to even you know, yeah. like yeah. gross. And I've been in that position a few times with failing businesses and stuff where uh, I've gotten into that, that almost desperation of, of um, needing, needing the money. And then it's, you know, so I think it depends on how you're motivated too, you know, and when you're starting out, why overinvest, you know? Yeah. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I- that comes down to creatively too, right? Like, um, yeah, you know, like I, I think sometimes people go, I want to connect to my creativity, but I just don't have enough money to go and pay a thousand dollars to do pottery classes. Mm. And it's like, well, get a sheet of paper and start drawing some shit. Like it doesn't have to, you know, gr- yeah. podcasting doesn't cost you anything these days. You can open your phone and hit record on anchor and there you go. You got a podcast. So there's no like, there's no barrier to entry to creativity. Yeah. It's so funny you say this because I, um, and again, I think I mentioned this in my voice notes, but 2019 is like me coming back to all the things that I enjoyed doing. So I was a dancer, professional dancer for 10 years. So I recently started pole dancing. I got back into music. I recorded my first song, um, in March and I remember, this is ridiculous, but I was looking up the price of um, the dance classes and the the vocal coach here. And it's like, compared to what I was paying for coaches, okay, let me just be, I'm just going to give some numbers here for perspective. I was paying $2,700 a month for my business coach. And I was panicking over paying $50 an hour for a singing coach. Why? Because I'm like, oh, well, there's no ROI on my singing. But like- Except there totally <laughs> is. Like, yeah. oh my God, what have you learned through going back and singing and spending 50 bucks an hour on a vocal coach? What what have been, what have, like, have you had any like, oh my God? Because I, I say this because I went back to singing after years and years and years away due to f- feeling like I was just never a really good singer, yeah. you know, like not compared to other people. So why bother? 
uh, except if I was like drunk at karaoke or something like that. <laughs> so, and I always just felt so exposed singing. Mm. And so last year I went back to singing and it was the best whatever it was, 90 bucks an hour that I've ever spent because I learned so much about myself, so much about the way I show up in the world, so Mm. much about how I hold myself back. Like that is worth way more than any $2,700 a month coach could (laughs) offer me because I could clearly see where I was getting in my own fucking way, you know? Yeah. So in full transparency, I haven't started working with the vocal coach yet. But I recently manifested a keyboard. So I played piano for nine years when I was younger. And I I decided, this is so funny. This is like three days ago. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy a keyboard. Same story in my head. Oh, I'm going to spend 100 euro on a keyboard. Like, oh, it's so much money. And (laughs) so I made this declaration. And then my partner was like, oh, I have this extra keyboard here. And I was like, manifestation at its finest. Like, <laughs> yeah, but totally. I would have gone through the stories and the lies of like, okay, well, I can't buy a keyboard or I'm going to bug, like I live downtown Paris. I, I'm in an apartment, so I have neighbors. I'm going to bug them belting out. Um, but I think that the the biggest things I learned about, especially the song I recorded is that, um, so I wrote it myself and I ended up collaborating with people in my inner space that were like singer songwriters. They just, it was just like friends really helping me. And then when I showed up uh, to work with the producer, I had kind of an outline of the song. And for me, that was uh, such an amazing experience because I was like, I have no experience in like singing songwriting or producing or any of that. And I was like, wow, look what, look what you can create. And um, it, I'm someone who like needs to, I don't know if it's because I'm too much in my head, but like, if you try and explain to me how to write a song, like the actual melody, I'm like, meh, but so I need to like get my hands dirty and figure it out and ask the stupid, annoying questions. And like, so I spent extra money and time with the producer just so he could like teach me so I can learn and do it at the same time. So for me, that was hugely valuable. And I think the stance I take now is like, I get to choose how I want to show up in the world. So even on my, um, you know, cause I'm super visual on my Instagram, like I, I'm just going to show all the different parts of me. Like if I'm rapping, I know I learned that it was a rap song too. So here's like the other kicker. So here I am like rapping and I'm taking pole dancing. I'm like, are people still going to hire me? <laughs> like, so tell me tell me the story of like what like what okay so as someone who you know has never has never uh rapped before maybe maybe you rap in the privacy of your car or whatever but like like what 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 was the decision for you to go hey you know what like I'm gonna go and record a song professionally when when like you said you're not a singer songwriter or a um, music producer or anything like what was the what was the like catalyst for you to do that okay well it's kind of a long story but in the long and the short um 
I, you know, I feel like we all have these like past lives or like these parts of ourselves that we want to express. And I remember when I was a dancer, I always struggled with hip hop because I, I, I'm naturally girly, like, you know, blonde, whatever. And I really had a hard time of like getting into that persona. Um, and yet I did do competitive hip hop, but, um, the long story short of this is that I have a cousin in prison. He's like part of the San Francisco gangs, like an actual gangster, like legit. And I had this experience with him and I ended up writing a poem that was published in a magazine. And that just poured out of me. Why? Because I was just channeling shit, basically. I hope I can swear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I've said fuck about 300 times so far this episode. Shit is totally fine. <laughs> So as I was like working on this poem, I was reading it out loud. And the more I read it out loud, I'm like, oh my God, this sounds like a rap song. So I was like getting into it. And then I was reading it to people for feedback and they're like, oh my God, this is a rap song. And just the nature of it, right? Like it was inspired by some events. And I, I don't know, I just got this idea and I was like, I'm going to make a rap song. Like I'm just going to do this. And so there's times coming back to like creativity, there's times when I get that spark and I run with it, it happens, but I got to do it right away. And so, uh, this was back in January. I was like, um, I don't know. I manifested a friend in my life who was like, Oh, I'll introduce you to my producer. Come to London. Okay, great. Um, my sister who, um, isn't like a professional singing singer songwriter, but she has experience. We were in, we were in New Jersey over the holidays and we were sitting in the car and I was reading her my poem and her boyfriend who happens to be this musical genius. They just like, we just made this melody in the car, like driving back from the airport to New Jersey. And, uh, I was like, okay, thank you universe. Next. I got the outline and then I got the producer and, um, everything just kind of fell into place. I think that, so I've only done the first version of the song um, like the track, I guess you would call it. So I have to now work with a vocal coach and really hone back into this, like this part of me. But I think it just comes back to acting and just accessing different, like different parts of yourself. Like I made, I don't fit the persona naturally of like a rap artist, but why should that stop me? Like, Cause I even had it totally to- shouldn't. Like <laughs> I, I actually, I actually did a post. Like I started playing after I started singing lessons. I thought, you know what? I've also always really wanted to be a musician, and I, ha- like, I've never played anything except like lame piano in year eight or something. So mm. I bought a ukulele and I learned a few chords. And I just would, you know, just play and mess around and whatever. I'm never going to be the world's best ukulele player, yeah. but. Number one, why why the fuck shouldn't I give it a go? Yeah. And number two, when are you a ukulele player? Like this was the question that I asked on an Instagram post was actually like when are you a ukulele player? When you are playing a ukulele. Whether it's bad, whether it's good, it doesn't matter. The The fact of the matter is you are a ukulele player when you are playing a ukulele. So it's like so many times we have this creativity that wants to move through us and we're like, Oh no, I'm not a rap singer. Oh no, I don't. I I'm not a painter. Oh no, I'm not a whatever. And it's like, how yeah. do you know you're not? How do you know you're not if you've never done it? 
Yeah. Well, you know, what is interesting is that I feel like this, so the beliefs I had, so I'm just, I got to say this, this, this song is kind of about like incestual relationships. It's very, very taboo. So, um, I think that by me putting that out there, I've had, it actually enhanced my brand because I had so many people be like, Oh my God, that is so cool. Like it, it, so this is how I think you can inspire people, right? Cause I wasn't out there being like, rah, rah, look at me. I was just like, oh my God, what doing am I doing? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm singing a rap song about incest. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it, it was, um, I did have feelings of guilt of like spending time on myself. Cause I'm so used mm. to like serving other people. And I had all these feelings of like, okay, I need to discipline myself every day to work on this song. And then I was feeling like bad about it, but it actually helped me reconnect to myself. And actually in the long run, if I look at the ROI, it was, it was happiness. Like, because that was the imbalance in my life and my business is that I spend so much time creating for others and not the time creating for myself, which is why I first started this business in the first place. Um, I mean, I so love like working with my clients, don't get me wrong, but it's the things that I want to say and I want to put out there. And, um, and yeah, I think I just hit this, like, it's not a rock bottom moment, but I was just like, I'm going to put these things out there and the right people like, I think that I saw my creativity as like hindering me. Like, oh, I got to be safe. I got to be vanilla professional. And it's like, no, I need to show all of the different sides of me, my creativity, because that's how maybe I'll get noticed and collaborate with other artists, like really and showing. Totally. And, and, and I think the key to this is like, but even if you're not, you're still happy as fuck because you are creatively expressing yourself in ways that feel really good to you. So yeah. how is that not a good investment in your time? Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. It's true because I, I, I have felt um, – so the guilt has gone away. Now I'm okay working on my art. Uh, and now I just feel a lot better. A lot better. Yeah, and the so. guilt is so the guilt is so common, right? Like, you, if is you it? think I don't know, oh my <laughs> god, so common, so common. Like the guilt of like I know when I was thinking about, um, you know, I wanted to go back to singing and I wanted to learn the ukulele, and I felt tremendous, tremendous amounts of guilt around carving out time from my family and from my work when I should be working to make more money or whatever like uh, carving out time and spending money on things that were frivolous in like, you know, inverted commas, like I felt tremendous amounts of guilt and I felt like I really had to justify why I was doing this stuff and how it was going to, you know, improve my life. And in fact, I did, I did, uh, I did feel like I had to justify it to my husband, you know, like, he was kind of like, oh, well, should you be going to play? Not that he's very supportive. So this was like a, 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 a weird a weird thing for him to say. It's not like he would usually say this, but he had said, you know, do you think going to ukulele lessons is a good use of your work day? Um, you know, because I was paying for childcare and all that kind of jazz and there I was going off to play ukulele. But I can honestly say that the 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 joy that it brought to my life 
had an on-flow effect to all the other areas of my life. So I could show up as a happier, more content person. I could show up as a more chilled mum. I could yeah. be more focused in business because it wasn't it wasn't something that I was doing because I thought I should have or I was guilting myself into it. It was just something that I was doing for the enjoyment. So I think the guilt piece is definitely something that a lot of people experience. Um yeah, like because we are in this, we do live in this world which is really focused on, you know, the rate of return and the oh, return on investment or whatever, you know, and 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 what is the purpose? Like what are you getting out of this and how is this moving you forward? And I don't know, life is short and and long. Yeah. So why yeah. not? Why not carve out proper time to reconnect to you? Because we're going to die one day and it'll be the things that we didn't do that we're going to regret, Yeah, you know, and some of the things that we do, like boring shit that we don't want to do and we spend our whole life worrying about meaningless shit, you know, when when yeah. our joy comes from creatively expressing ourselves in whatever way is our creative expression. Well, yeah. And even as you say that, like, I remember back in the day um, when I was working on, I did quite a few short films. This is when I, so I'm in Paris now, but I lived in the South of France for eight years. And um, I remember like one of my short films was in a festival and I like, I fully financed that. And I'm someone like, I pay all of my people. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not a bartering person. Like I paid everything down to the makeup artist um, and that was a huge investment. And like, now I can say that my return on investment of that is like, one, I have the experience, I learned how to manage a team which, and I have this in my, uh, what do you call that portfolio? Like I have this mm. experience, you know, and for me, that's like, but I didn't, I couldn't see that back in the time, like back in the day, I was like, Oh, why am I spending all this money? Like, <laughs> what is it for? <laughs> so. Um, I think the other thing too, like, I don't know, I don't know if there's like a dialogue around this, but I just find that when I'm in my zone of genius, like I actually have a call after this with someone to collaborate here in Paris. And if you come to me like with an idea and I'm like, okay, let's turn this and just like music video, whatever it may be like the ideas, this is like a, um, unlimited source. Like I just get the ideas it's, it's so easy for me that it, I, that also is where the guilt comes in. Like you can pitch a concept to me and I'll be like, okay, I got the whole storyboard in my head and it comes so easy to me. And it's sometimes like, well, how, how can, how can I get paid for this when it's so easy? But it's like, I think that when you're operating in your zone of genius, like it's supposed to be easy. The things that feel hard you know, for me, online business feels hard. It feels, I'm just like, I don't know what, it's just not my thing. <laughs> like I can push myself through it. Um, but it's not your creative expression. No. Cause I feel I'm like, my business name is untamed. Like I just, I hate rules just in general. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't, you know, like just the way you have to post and the number of times per day. Um, there was even like someone was saying, someone said, oh, the way that you're introducing yourself into groups right now, 
they didn't say this to me, but they were saying like, it's a little bit promo-y. Like I can see you're marketing yourself behind it. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like our, how, like we're so limiting. Like I just hate this whole world. <laughs> like It just completely limits our, our self-expression. Like you can't even introduce yourself now with being like, oh, she's secretly promoing herself. Like it's just, yeah. like I went on a rampage about this earlier this week. Cause I was like, we're talking about female empowerment and starting businesses. And it's like, you're not fucking allowed to ever promote your business. Like how do people collaborate? Like they talk, they get to know each other. Like, oh, it's just like such a scarcity mindset. And I'm just so over it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm creating my own platform. <laughs> I'm going to stand on my own soapbox alone. <laughs> like, <Totally. laughs> so yeah, <laughs> these things fire me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to pull, I just had made some notes from things that you had said a little bit earlier. One of them, which I just want to quickly explore with you is you had mentioned about, you know, buying, um, getting the keyboard and then thinking about like, Oh, but what about the neighbors? You know? Yeah. And and this is this is something that actually was the thing that led me to go back to singing lessons was I was sitting around with a bunch of girlfriends and we were talking about how we all love to sing and we never do it because unless we're in our car driving along yes! the highway or whatever. Yes! <laughs> but otherwise we just don't do it at home because what if what if somebody hears us singing? And, and I was like, well, that's just fucked up. Like that is just fucked up that we are like hiding away from the world, like not sharing our creative expression. We all love to sing, but we're not singing because we're so afraid of what the neighbor might think about that. And that's another thing that, um, that I guess a lot of people deal with. And I get, I guess yourself included in some respects, do you like, how 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 do you then just go? Oh well, fuck it. Do you just like what? Like, have you found a way to move through that fear um, of judgment? Well, okay, I have to share this because I just put this on my Instagram, and it's this quote that I didn't. These aren't my words, but it never underestimate the healing power of singing in a car really loud by yourself. <laughs> and I just like so I had true. I had this conversation with my life coach a few months ago because I was like the place that I really only like gave it my everything was either on stage or in my car. So, um, I haven't. And so what do you feel, what do you feel is the difference between the two, right? Because this is, I guess this is the thing that I'm interested to explore. Having mm-hmm. been an actor, having like being able to go all in is, is actually something that is really scary for most people. And so they live yeah. their lives not going all in on anything. Yeah. And this was this was the thing that really was led me to start exploring my creativity and how how much noise I could make, right? Because it was like how how willing am I to to just totally surrender to the fear and all that shit and just really yeah. go for it. So cuz I'm interested to know like how do you do that on stage? How do you go all in on something when there's an audience? Okay. So this, the reason is because it's the expectation is people show up and they want to hear you. They're they're there to listen to you versus if you're doing a live stream, like you're kind of, you're just showing up, but no one's, there's not that agreement between the, 
I don't know how to say this in English, like between the performer and the audience, when you show up on stage, like both parties have agreed, like I'm going to perform and you're going to watch. But if you're like belting it out in your apartment, like your neighbors didn't ask for that concert. Like, <laughs> and so it's that, like, I, I honestly haven't like, I haven't figured this out yet. How to? Yeah, and I guess like the 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 real letting go happens in the car because there's neither, you know, there's neither yeah. an audience who, yeah, um, there's neither an audience and there is no one listening by accident. Well, the other thing. <laughs> so then you're kind of free just to be you. Yeah. The other thing that um, really has shook me in the past year is that, so I am 29, but I'm turning 30 very soon. And I just thought I can't get to 30 and like not be doing what I'm meant to be doing. Like I, I just hit this point where I was like, even if I don't make money as a singer, like I need to do this for me because I made this promise to myself when I was younger. I know we didn't really touch on any of this, but I was severely bullied growing up. I grew up in a very toxic home with alcoholism and narcissistic abuse and everything that just took my voice away basically. But I, I promised myself when I was 12 years old, if I survived and I got out of this, that I would, I would, I would go after my dreams. And I didn't, I, I'm almost 30 and I'm like, why have I not, why have I let myself down? Like if, if I promised to, I kind of was like struggling with suicide back then. So if I, if I'm here today, then I have to do this and I am turning 30 in like three months. And so that internal pressure is just like, it's not an internal pressure I should say, but, um, it just was like, no, 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 I'm not living my life for anyone else anymore. Like I have to go back and save that little girl. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where my, <laughs> where my drive is coming from these days. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Not so much internal pressure than drive and motivation. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so what does, what does that little girl want you to do next? So, <laughs> well, I got the keyboard. I want to, uh, relearn how to play the piano and just keep singing and just putting like little clips out there just every day that I can show up and share a piece of me, even if it's not like business related. Cause that was another hangup I had. I, I believe that that's the way that I can inspire, inspire my audience. And that's the way I'm meant to show up. I had this, I've had a lot of epiphanies lately, but I was like, I want to inspire people by living a life that's inspiring. I don't want to teach people how to like manifest, like, like I'll talk about these things because they're my own experiences, but I don't want to be the one to teach you how to live an inspiring life. I want to be the one living that way. Living and I think it. that you can have a ripple effect that way. Um, and it's funny because I do have a client right now who I told, you're the second person I've told this story about the little seven or 12 year old me. Uh, and I told her that story and she said she had the same thing growing up, like where she wanted to take her life and so on and so forth. And I thought like, for me, that's the power of story. It's not sugarcoating like how amazing your life is. It's like really laying the path. And so now I can have that ripple effect on an individual person's life. And for me, that, that means everything. So yeah, so I guess then <laughs> life becomes your canvas and, you know, and you mm. become your art rather than 
Yeah. Um, yeah, painting painting a canvas that's a business story necessarily. It's just like life is life is for the creation. Yeah, I oh I like that. Cause that's how I always felt. And I felt like coaches and mentors would like push me in this other direction. And I'm like, it may be vain, but like I'm a fucking performer. So like I like <laughs> look at me. <laughs> it's like that's just whatever. That's who I am. So I feel like I meant to show up in that way. Like, so be it. But so many people are like, no, you have to make it about the client and it's about them. And I'm like, no. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) So. Yes. (laughs) And as someone who has felt that shame, like almost shamed myself for making it about me, you know, like it was like, if you're not talking to your client's pain, if you're not like, you know, if you're not, um, yeah, if you're not, if you're making it all about you and not about the people, then you know, you just, it, it's never going to happen for you. And it's like, ah, uh, well, actually right now I'm in a place where I just live my life creatively expressing myself in whatever way I feel at whatever time. And clients do come to me without having to have a sales page, without yeah. having to do all the things that I was told I had to do. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm living the life that I want other people to be able to live, not teaching them, but actually living it myself. So I totally relate to what you're saying. And I love that, um, you know, that we get to do that. We get to make the choice as to, as to what we want to paint on our own canvas. And it doesn't have to be to the rules. It doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to feel a certain way. It just has to be honest to ourselves. You know, I made a promise to myself a couple of years ago or a few years ago now, that uh, I would live life in a way that when I looked at myself in the mirror at the end of the day, I could be happy with the person looking back at me. And that was the that was that was my guiding. You know, earlier we were talking about like your guiding principle, and that's really my guiding principle. Just actually being able to look in the mirror and like what's looking back at me, because there was a long time there where I did not. And I, you know, there was a time where I punched my reflection in the mirror because I hated myself so much. So to be able to look at myself and go, yeah, bitch, you rock. That's a pretty, um, that's a pretty good way to live. I have, I know we're running out of time, but I just have a question for you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So how do you, um, how do you keep that promise to yourself? Like, how do you, um, when you make that commitment, like, how do you follow through? If you're like, I'm going to take these ukulele classes, like, and I ask this because I sometimes don't go to my pole dancing classes because that self-sabotage is coming back in. Um, so how do you, how do you uphold that? I don't know what I'm trying to say. How do you keep that promise to yourself? Yeah. So I think there's, I think there's things like, okay. So the number one thing for me is, is practicing self-kindness um, and you know, sometimes we don't want to show up to the pole dancing class because of a greater reason that we that we may not have awareness of right now, right? So it may be that it might be self sabotage, but it might actually be that that's not that's not how you want to creatively express yourself right right now, and you're kind of like pushing yourself to do it. You know, I think there's a slight difference between the there are ways that I that yeah. So there are things that are non-negotiables for me and they're not necessarily things like a ukulele class because I wouldn't show up all the time to those Uh, and I'm not doing singing lessons anymore. So 
But the bigger word to myself is around, yeah, on honoring how I feel moment to moment. So for example, three, three to four years ago, I made a promise to myself that I would make my bed every day because it was a foundational keystone habit that just made me feel good about myself. So I did. And I have every single day since, even when I had a massive sinus infection a few weeks ago and I, I, I got out of bed, made the bed and hopped back into it because that is how important my word is. And I can slack off on some things and we can slack off on, you know, on, on not, not seeing a particular activity through, but it's more about the bigger picture of things, you know, so staying truthful to your, your bigger picture, because your bigger picture isn't about pole dancing. It's about expressing your truth on the world. So providing that you're still showing up in that way with that as your guiding principle, then it doesn't matter whether you show up to the weekly um, pole dancing class because you telling yourself, oh, lazy bitch, get to the fucking pole <laughs> class, like that's actually not honouring yourself at all. That's not that's right. not going to make you feel really great when you're looking in the end in the back of the mirror, you know, looking at the yeah. mirror at the end of the day. Um, but I guess, I guess my guiding, cause sometimes I don't feel like going to do my workout. Right. And I just, am like, oh, I do not want to do this today. I just want to stay at home. And some days I will honor that. But if it's, if it's the kind of day that I know that it's something that I need to do to, in order to feel like when I'm coming out of there, I'm going to feel fantastic. Then I just yeah. make myself go because it, it, you know, so it's like, it's kind of like this tricky thing, like it of knowing or being connected enough to your own awareness to see that where you're sabotaging yourself and where you're honoring yourself. Mm. So it can, I think it comes down to really, it just comes down to more experimentation and play and letting yourself off the hook and going gently. Yeah. But, but staying connected to what your larger promise to yourself is because the promise isn't the pole dancing. The promise is beyond that. Right. And if the promise is the pole dancing, then it's probably the wrong promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pole dancing is really hard, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feels like you get hit by a bus. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I have carpal tunnels, so <laughs> oh it's God. not it's not something that I would be able to do. I mean, oh. I can't even do a fucking burpee. But oh but, then, but then <laughs> but then you know, like showing up. Yeah, I think like yeah. Yeah, it's about finding the creative expression that you really love and and long-term aligning those little things, the little actions that you do with the bigger picture, really. But just to having kind, you know, like because the, the second we go into this story of I'm sabotaging myself, yeah, then, I mean, it's just a story. You might be sabotaging yourself, you might not. Who are you to judge that anyway? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's building that confidence that I can show up for myself and do the things that, um, that I want to do. So it is, it is like a form of honoring yourself because it's like, I desire to do these things and I'm worthy of doing these things. And so, because it's so easy to let yourself down, or at least for me, like I'll never let a client down, but like, I am capable of letting myself down. And so I actually like bought a full like four month package of these classes just to make sure that I would show up because I know myself that I could like, you know, 
Yeah, 100%. I just joined, I joined a three month um, fitness boot camp because I also know myself and I know that if I just, I've had gym memberships before, I don't go. So I need the external accountability for that stuff. So I think it also comes down to also knowing the way that you're motivated. Um, You know, a lot of people are just really motivated and they will just work out daily. I'm not that person. I would rather be sleep, you know, like I would really rather be asleep. But I also know that it's it's for my greater good to be in my body and moving it. Um, And so I find ways that support me to be able to do that. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, so locking yourself into those kind of things. Some people can feel really, you know, like the juices just dry up. But for me, it depends on the motivation behind why I'm doing it. And then, um, yeah, and then like, yeah, really locking myself in and moving past the resistance of all the stories about why I can't do something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. cool so do you want to let people know where they can connect with you and um and all that kind of jazz yeah so my website is untamedrevolution.com I hang out most on Instagram if you want to see the real raw Brittany I'm always on Instagram stories it's like the movie of my life (laughs) Um, I feel (laughs) you I love Instagram stories. It's like, yeah, (laughs) artistic. It's just another creative expression out there, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I'm on Facebook. So just Brittany Hammond or the pro page is I am Brittany Hammond. So cool. And the last question is, um, you know, do you have like, usually we leave people with like a little invitation for them to invite more creativity or self-expression into their lives. So have you got any ideas for people who are looking to kind of open that door or, um, you know, step into a space where they can express themselves more freely or share their story with the world? Yeah. Got anything for them? Like a, like an insight or. Yeah, an insight or a tip or a, a challenge, whatever kind of feels good for you. Ooh. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> totally put you on the spot. <laughs> um, I think that if, I think the first thing that comes up for me, I guess, is just like the, I think it's the courage and the audacity to uh, speak your truth. And I think slowly we have to learn how to detach our self-worth from what other people think of us. I think that's a big thing that prevents us from putting ourselves out there. And, um, we do hit a point in our life where we, we just, we, we become fed up and, um, I think we don't have to reach that point. (laughs) We don't have to have this rock bottom moment. Like I think that, um, yeah, just like just having the courage to, I, I think it's when you put out those, when you don't overthink and you just put out a message in whichever form that may be, um, that's when it most resonates with people because you're just speaking like on the fly. So totally. Yeah. And you're not trying to, <laughs> you know, make it be anything other than what it is. And there's like an energetic freedom to that that people pick yeah. up, I reckon. Well, and that's when I get the most engagements on my posts. They're never like the perfectly crafted, like, let me make this resonate with my audience. It's like, I'll be like typing as I'm walking and hit post, and then I'll have like a hundred notifications. I'm like, okay, like, 
So I think we need yeah, to like not, yeah. not make it yeah. so hard on ourselves. <laughs> so true. Because yeah. it doesn't have to be hard. Creativity doesn't have to be hard, you know. Like it can be hard initially getting over ourselves in order to create. But yeah. then the actual, when we're in that creative flow, you know, it's just there and it's accessible to all of us if we can yeah. move our fear and self-doubt out of the way and, you know, enough to yeah. kind of step into the the stream let well, it flow. It's, it's the energy and the belief and the conviction behind what you're saying that is going to resonate the most with people. So, um, I, I have this actually, so here's my, my thing. <laughs> um, anytime I am showing up and posting something, I, I have my energy in alignment. Like I won't just post anymore for the sake of posting. I have to have that energy behind it. So that would be my tip. <laughs> yeah get your energy behind it yeah <laughs> cool yeah. well thank you so much for your time yeah well thank you so much for having me this was so much fun I like this is the stuff that lights me up I love talking about this stuff and so I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to come on and share a little bit about me I never get to, I'm always interviewing people so I never get to be the one like <laughs> oh yeah so your podcast was called brand interrupted yeah, like the movie Girl Interrupted, but like brand, comma, interrupted. <laughs> I love that. And I love it's a play like on a movie title and you're yeah. you. That's so well, cool. It's, it's owning who you are and coming back home to yourself and not letting other people define you. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yay, thank you. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Go to carlynimo.com to find ways to connect to your creativity and live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some 